Hey, it's Misty and Liz. We're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the books we've read. And everything else on our minds. So get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started. Hi, this is our COVID edition. (laughs) We're both just over COVID. I feel like I sound like a 40-year-long smoker. That's whole Jack's on the way over here. I said, I have a smoker's cough. I feel like I sound like a smoker, like that. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> you know that voice? Yeah. That old women get raspy for yeah. 75 years. With your Virginia Slims. Oh, yes. Yeah. And like one of those long things that I can stick the cigarette in. Like I'm oh, fancy. Oh, God. A fancy I, smoker. I'm a fancy smoker. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be fancy. Oh, about I thought it. I was speak, picturing like a, like a driving a cutlass like oh. smoker. Yeah. And like yellow walls. Mm-hmm. Like our house. Like nicotine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Our house growing up. Yeah. The nicotine house. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, what sucks the most is we canceled plans to hang out with each other over Christmas break so that you wouldn't be sick for your vacation that y'all took. Right. And then y'all came home and were sick. So it really didn't matter. Yeah. We could have come brought all our COVID over to your house, well, done we, all the things, and then you would have been exactly the same. We had a nice vacation. Jackson ended up getting sick like the day we were coming home. That's when he was like, I'm ready to go home. And I was, you know, oh, God, here we go. And woke up Chris, uh, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, rip roaring COVID. So at least he waited until we got home. Everyone was sick, though. So another good thing was that we ended up having to cancel our, our regular New Year's Eve plans. But my brother and sister-in-law also had COVID at the same time as us. So we were able to go over to their house because we were all in all it. sick. We yeah. were all, we all had the COVID. Mm-hmm. So we were able to still spend, and we weren't really sick. Like not really. We mm-hmm. were a little bit sick, felt bad. But by the time New Year's Eve rolled around, we were feeling fine and ready to get out of the house. Yeah. So that was pretty cool that we got to have COVID buddies. That's cool. Mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, we didn't do anything. We threw up. Yeah, we all threw up. <laughs> <laughs> threw up in sweat. Oh, my mm, God, the, the sweats. sweats. Oh, God. Yeah. I told my husband I was sick. I was like, I know I'm sick. I was so sweaty last night. And he goes, well, we ate last night. You probably just had the meat sweats. Landon. Meat sweats. That's what the just hell? Like I know. Landon's How is that a thing? Landon, would, Landon, I have a headache. Yeah, but remember we rode in the car and I had the window down for like those seconds. So it's probably, I mean, just like you're just reaching. Remember we passed that hospital? You right. probably just got it in your head. It's psychosomatic. You're, you're not. It's anxiety. <laughs> I really thought that it was anxiety for a second. I was like. I thought I was projecting the symptoms onto myself because I knew my son was sick. Mm-hmm. So I was like, does my throat hurt? How can I figure this out? If it really hurts, if I'm making it up, God, I've got a really strong imagination. Now I'm, I would go and just smell and eat stuff just to make sure I still could. And then this COVID was like, surprise, bitch, you can still smell and eat. <laughs> yeah. So you can't catch me, but you can. Everybody did. Everybody, everybody had it. Everybody. Oh yeah. So if you're going through COVID right now, and we're both vaccinated. Right. And so, Jax was vaccinated. My son's not vaccinated. Um, right. But Elliot's not vaccinated and she didn't get in it. And I, she was all up in it. Right. So Jamie, my husband is vaccinated with a booster. He did not get it. I'm vaccinated, but I haven't, I just haven't had time to get the booster yet. Mm-hmm. I got it. Both my kids are not vaccinated. One of them got it. One of them was like, pretty much like, I could have, 
I could have spit in her mouth. Mm-hmm. I probably did spit in her mouth mm-hmm. at some point. She probably drank after me or something. Oh, yeah. Never got it. Elliot did. She drank after me. She sleeps in the same bed as I do. Right. Um, nothing. I was contemplating holding her down and actually spitting in her mouth because she's got a lot of cheer and dance competitions coming Let's up. Get it so I was with. like, if you get sick now, then you won't be sick for cheer and dance competition season. So that's pretty smart. And my yeah, husband okay. was like, that's a terrible idea. That's, you can't make her. That's like the time that my mom sent me to get chicken pox. Right. Like, that's abuse. Don't do not do that. So, you know, whenever you're little and everyone gets chicken pox, mm-hmm. he said that he thought it was really weird at the time that his mom sent him to spend the night with his friend. And they ended up, like, setting up a tent in the living room and sleeping together in the tent. They were really little. Mm-hmm. And he said he came home and had chicken pox. And he said, looking back, he's like... Did she do that on purpose? I went ahead and got chicken pox. Just go ahead and get it over with. Yeah. Everybody got chicken pox at the same time. Like Yeah, it's like a chicken pox party they do now. But, you know. Now they have the vaccination for chicken pox. So they don't even have to deal with it. Right. But now you can get shingles. You can get sh- shingles if you've had chicken pox. Mm-hmm. If you don't ever get chicken pox, you, don't, you can't get shingles. But who hasn't had chicken pox? Um, well, my kids won't because they got the chicken pox vaccination. That's true. Mine haven't had chicken pox either. Yeah, they don't get them anymore because there's a vaccine. No. Right. That sucked. I still I have scars from chicken pox. That was terrible. I remember there were like towers in my hair. Oh, was, oh you can't. Uh, just breathing hurt. Because they were like. The your, only relief was laying in the tub without a vino like oatmeal, oatmeal bath. bath. Yeah. That was nice. I liked that. But they didn't have a vino back in 1988. They just had Quaker oat. <laughs> I had by the time I had it I remember Avino every time I see really? Avino I think of chicken pox because mama bought me the Avino oh, it was like, like a little, lavender it was like a little packet it was a little packet you tear it open yeah. it was like instant oatmeal I had it had to be like 92 93 whenever I had chicken pox maybe so you probably got it before me <clears throat> oh I got it like in 1984 yeah well aside from all these sicknesses let me tell you, we won a couple contests on Instagram. We did. I'm so excited. I enter um, about 9.3 million contests a day. Oh, you do. You do. You <laughs> are like a contest. I, if you had said I haven't won anything yet, I would say that's bullshit. They're obviously <laughs> rigged because you enter every single book giveaway that exists. I love books and I love getting mail and it's so fun whenever you get mail in. So I forgot to mention this, but a while ago, a couple months ago, we actually won A Glimpse of Light and Glory by MJ Wood. Um, Her Instagram handle is at mjwood.author. And she mailed it to me and then sent me a message. And she was like, okay, it's coming from Australia. So it's probably going to take a while. And I was like, oh, you're Australian. Oh, my goodness. So that one's pretty cool. Um, I wanted to tell you, this is the book. I didn't really know anything about it, but I wanted to tell you um, the synopsis is that this kid named Liam wants to win a basketball championship because he kind of wants to, like, get out of his house and stuff. And mm-hmm. I guess one of the basketball championship could help him get out of the house. But him and his frenemy get caught up in this robbery where his friend Finch is shot and develops superpowers. What? I know. And he's the only one that knows about Finch's powers. And the blurb says Finch's powers can't protect Liam from what he fears most. And I was like, oh, what is that? Power? Mystery? Basketball championships? <laughs> this has everything that I needed. Free? <laughs> it's, a, it's also listed as, on Goodreads, it's listed under fantasy, young adult, and LGBTQ. So that kind of made me think, 
Um, did you ever read the book Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe? No, but I know what book you're talking about. Okay, it kind of made me think of that because I read it a really long time ago, but I think it was kind of the thing of like the two boys didn't really like each other or were kind of indifferent to each other, but Mm -hmm. they ended up really liking each other. So that's kind of what it made me think of. And that book was really good. So I'm excited to get into that one. That sounds like something my son would like. Really? Well, he can can read it and he can tell me it is young adult. So, Well, he is young. He's he is a adult. young adult. Mm. He's a young teen. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> and then we also won a three-month subscription to the Book of the Month Club. Oh, we won a subscription? I, I know. It's, we won three times. Oh, that basically. Is so awesome. It's like Jelly of the Month, yes, but with a book, exactly. which is better. Yeah. So much better. <laughs> so much better. Jelly. Yeah. Um, we won that from at Brittany's underscore book underscore shelf and... If you're jealous, which you should be, I am. Then she says once she gets to a certain number of followers, she's going to do a three month giveaway, and then the next number she had set for herself, she's going to do a six month giveaway, which was I mean that's six free books. That's winning six times. Yeah, that's kind of expensive too. It's super expensive, and then once she reaches her next goal, she's going to do a year long subscription. So oh, everybody needs to go follow at Brittany's bookshelf and be on the lookout for the. The giveaway, because, like, that's, like, a gold giveaway. Yeah. 12 free books. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, amazing. That is. That's, like, $150 at least. Like, lowballing. Oh, yeah. Amount sure. of books. Yeah. Anyway, I'm pretty excited to delve into those books. Although I'm a slow reader. Mm, I don't know, because every time I talk to you, you're reading another book. So I read the books that we do, and then I listen to other books. So a lot of the times when I'm like, oh, I read this book, I really listen to it. So it's like cheating. Cheater. Cheer. (laughs) Is it cheating? It is. Because I'm thinking, bitch, I'm like on page 30 of the book we're supposed to be reading. So. (laughs) I'm done. I know. (laughs) I'm like, are you done yet? I'm like. I'm an overachiever. And then I tell you what the book's about. (laughs) 300? You're probably like really on page 40. I'm like, I haven't started yet. Where's my copy? Where's my copy? It's Let me like order whenever, another one. Whenever you're late to something and you're like, oh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm on like the interstate, minutes, yeah. but you're still at the house. I'm like, oh, I'm not dressed yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got anything else? Let's see. I feel like the last time we met was Christmas, was December of 1982, because it feels like so long ago. Mm-hmm. I watched more movies during COVID than I think I have in the last five years. We just, we watch so much TV because I'm just, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And I don't thing. feel like doing anything. I don't feel like getting up off the couch. So I'll just lay there and look at a movie. I think I even watched a war movie yesterday. So desperate. I know. What what movie was it? I don't know. It was something like, I can't remember. It was like whatever happened after Pearl Harbor. And it was gave me like serious anxiety because they're like flying planes <laughs> straight into bullets. It kind of looked like we were flying through like the galaxy in Star Wars. Okay. And but they were bullets, and I was like, I had to keep looking at my phone because I was getting anxiety from it. That sounds terrible. But we finally started watching like Hawkeye, and we watched Black Widow, and what's that other one? What are, are these? <laughs> what is that? Oh God, what's the other one? What are you talking about? Movies. Hawkeye? What is that? Okay, well, that's more of a series. Hawkeye is like the guy that shoots a bow and arrow. He's part of the Avengers. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh, God. And I don't know Black Widow. Black Widow is like the badass girl that's part of the Avengers. Yeah, okay. I haven't really watched anything. 
Mm. Um, I did start this new series called Love During Lockup. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I got caught up in, like, the love after lockup uh-huh. thing. And then, like. Wait, so is it, like. Um... And then life after lockup. And now this is love during lockup. So, so now... is this, like, like pen pals right in? Yes. Yeah, so now... Or is it, like, the prisoners are getting with each other? No, no, this is like, you know, they do. Oh, absolutely. Like everybody needs love. This is like love after lockup, but like before that, like. So love during. Right. Love during. So they're not waiting to get out. It's like, oh, my, my, my guy, my boo, you know, Ralph has like two years left. I do not understand that. And whenever I watch Night Stalker, Stalker. Whenever I watched Night Stalker mm-hmm. on Netflix, Richard oh, Ramirez God. got caught and some crazy person yeah. ended up marrying him. I'm sure he had a lot of fans. He had a ton of fans writing him in. And I'm like, do y'all, like, I understand, like, liking the bad boy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get it. That's, everybody loves a bad boy with muscles. This dude's, like, skinny and gross and stinks, doesn't even have muscles. And, like, road trips a devil. And he... Rapes children. Yeah, but yes. But yeah, that sounds like exactly something that I would love to have conversations with and talk to and marry. And this was like a smart woman. I think she was like an editor at a magazine. I think she interviewed him. Disgusting. Totally disgusting. Could you not smell him? Did you have COVID? Could you not smell him across (laughs) the table? She, one of these, like this man was like dating, is dating this woman who's who's like on the inside, right? So she's in, in, in prison. And he met her. I think it was like cagedwomen.com. Oh, my. How? Okay. Why do they have access to these sites? I don't know. Like, what are you? What? How are you on the internet? Like, are you supposed to be in jail? Do we need to get arrested? Because it sounds awesome if you can just lay around in your cell and play on Instagram all day. Right. Sign me up. What do I need to do? And get, like, money for commissary. God. (laughs) Tear up your honey buns into your frosted flakes. (laughs) Right. Take my take my old oranges and raisins and make make a wine out of them. Make some some juice. We would be cottage core <laughs> to the bone if we were. We'd be bad to the bone and cottage core to the bone. We would know exactly what to do. Obviously, I, like I know the whole system. I would be such a bitch. Like I would I watched... be like the ce- the the cell bitch because no, you I would be like, oh my god, please don't touch me. What are you gonna do with that? Like I watched. Have you seen Sixty Days In? Um, do you remember that time I was watching that show with my husband, and I was like, can you imagine being in jail? Yes. And he was like, uh huh. <laughs> He's like, yes. Let me tell you about the time I did. Uh, would you like to hear about this time of my life? <laughs> have we met um yeah so i watched 60 days in which is apparently like i thought it was like another like prison show and like uh like uh, okay i like all that but apparently like they send like they're not criminals they're not criminals and they send them in they're like teachers or like military yes people. <laughs> so i watched the last season and i'm super convinced that especially the guys their whole thing was to go in there and like be like the pod leader like, they wanted to take over? Yes, because they, like, got off on it. Like, I watched them. I'm like, oh, no, you're not trying to help the sheriff. You're, like, legit trying to be, like, pod leader. I watched one, and this the woman, she seemed like a great woman, whatever. She gets in there, and she gets caught up in, like, all the love triangles. <laughs> yes. Like, she was beautiful. Uh-huh. 
she was a bit on the manly side. And that's what all the girls were like super into her. And she ended up like, I think actually getting in trouble or I, I don't know. I probably stopped watching it. But by the time I finished watching it, because it was giving me anxiety, because I'm like, this is not what you came here to do. <laughs> right. I, you're going like, to get fired from, your, from I, your project. You're going to get in here for real. Right. But she was like, she was, she messed up that whole. Sh- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched this. Yeah. It was like this, <clears throat> the last season that I watched, this woman was like, she went in there to like get intel, she said. She was gay, and so she went in there and, like, ended up, like, hooking up with someone, and you can tell she legit had feelings for her. This one, too. Maybe we're talking about the same lady. Maybe. But she, I don't know her name. I mean, she was she was beautiful. I can see why all of... And she had, like, one was really looked. good, like, arm muscles, and no, I, you know is, how I am about muscles, oh, so... Well, okay. If I were in jail and she came in, I'd be like, this shit over here. <laughs> Come sit by me. I mean, is that okay? Do you want to? <laughs> Do you want to sit next to me? Don't I didn't really me. mean to call you that. I'm Don't so sorry. Me. Look, okay, what do you want? Cheetos? <laughs> Fine lady. <laughs> would you please, would you care to Protect join me? Protect me. <laughs> Protect me and stuff. Right. Don't touch me though. Okay, so I would be really bad on the show too. Oh yeah, I would be like, I'm. First day in, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a snitch. <laughs> Snitches get stitches, don't touch me. Please, please, I'd be given like all the like secret, like, like, (laughs) signals. Um, Sheriff Dooley says that if you do, like, he's watching you for this because he knows that you have Dooley? I don't know. I couldn't think of a name. (laughs) It's like a truck. (laughs) Who knows where things come from? Anyway, there was this guy who didn't even make it through like intake. He like tapped out. That would be me. <laughs> oh, me too. I or would like, like submit my application <laughs> online and they'd be like, fuck, I just submitted that. Oh my God. How do I unsubmit? How do I get emails? Hey, how do I get emails back? <laughs> submit, unsubmit, unsubmit. And they would call and I wouldn't answer. <laughs> and I would be like, my heart would be beating so fast. <laughs> and I would like go hide as the phone's ringing. Like it can, they can see you. Yes. <laughs> What if they FaceTime me? Define. What if? Don't be mad at me. What if I accidentally said something and Siri called them? Anytime I'm like at my house talking shit about someone, I think that Siri, because Siri has sabotaged me before. And she's calling them. I think that Siri's going to be like, oh, what's that? Call so-and-so. And then they're like sitting there in my back pocket listening to me talk shit about them. Right. And like, it honestly has helped me with my gossip because I really have like held okay, myself you're, back. You're, like, you know what? I kind of want to tell my husband about this thing that happened, but like I don't want Siri to catch me, so I'll just keep it to myself. <laughs> or just like. I've brought my phone into the other room so that I can God. like share gossip. Oh, look, if I'm like at a restaurant, I have to like look around like a few times because something had there's been times where like I've said something about somebody and guess who walks out like, hey, what's going on? Fuck. Well, your problem is, you know, people I know four people <laughs> I don't know in the whole body. So that's never happened. To I don't me. know anybody. I know, do you go to Louisiana Cheer Force? If you do, then I probably know you. But other than that, and you're talking shit about them. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to get you in trouble. <laughs> Look, your phone's calling. Louise, oh, I your phone. Stop! Stop! Let's, Elliot's going to get kicked out. <laughs> okay, well, let's gossip about this Glass Castle book. Mm. Glass Castle. So I made you read it. Uh huh. I think the only only way I knew I was going to get I was going to get you to read it is. <laughs> to, 
that's my book choice so you have to read it mm-hmm. oh so, like i like i totally do the same thing with you because <coughs> we don't pick the same books so no you're not gonna read midnight library unless i'm like hey we're gonna read you're not gonna read a court of thorns and roses no i wanted to read it <clears throat> and you were like no you're not gonna like it you're not gonna like it but we'll read it well i'm scared i don't want to read it now no we're gonna read it <laughs> i don't want to but it was actually my idea and you're like you're not gonna like it I was like, let's go for it, but you're not going to like it. Did you like this? Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> Jeanette. Jeanette Walls. Jeanette Walls. She was born in 1960. She has two parents, right? I hope. Yeah, <laughs> Rex and <laughs> Rosemary, who we will discuss. Mm. And she has some siblings. Um, she was married twice. Her second husband's the one that convinced her to write this book. Oh. And you said that you tried to find him. James Taylor? Is that I, his name? Yes. Spoiler, let me see. John Taylor. John Taylor. James Taylor. <laughs> Is he a singer? <laughs> Didn't he write Sweet Baby James? I don't know. No. That makes me think of Sweet Baby Ray. So, like, does he barbecue? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm hungry. Oh, okay. we should eat. Do you want to just stop and go get some burgers? Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> I'm Dawn. And I'm Cole. And Scottish Murders is a true crime podcast dedicated to people from or living in Scotland. Just like anywhere else in the world, these murders can be truly horrific and shocking. And we want to shine more light upon them. Join us every two weeks on Scottish Murders, where we'll bring you cases both solved and unsolved, giving you an insight into the other side of Bonnie Scotland. Find us wherever you stream your podcasts, as well as on social media. Join us there. Bye. Yeah, so she's married to John Taylor, but even on Goodreads, it's like, alert, alert. There's multiple John Taylors. This might not be the John Taylor you're looking for. So I told you I started to write my notes and I fell into like an hour and a half rabbit hole of trying to figure out and make sure that I had the right John Taylor to find his books. So I wrote this book called Rivalry. It's a basketball book. He wrote The Count and the Confession, which is a true crime murder mystery about a cheating liar who ends up dead and there's no end of suspects. Oh. I don't even know who it's about, but it's a true one. Oh, it's, it's a, true? Yeah, I think so. Well, I wrote true crime, so <laughs> unless I just all of a sudden call everything true crime. Well, unless we just, I don't know, like read books and call them biographies. Right. <laughs> So anyway, that's the John Taylor, the rivalry and the count and the confession, John Taylor. That's her hubby. Okay. Well, she, she wrote Glass Castle. And then after that, she wrote Half Broke Horses, um, which is a true life novel. Um, It's about her grandmother. A true crime novel? Life. (laughs) (laughs) So she wrote for New York Magazine, Esquire, and USA Today. She graduated from Bernard. Is it Barnard? I Bernard? think it's Barnard. Barnard? I think that it's like a super prestigious. Yes. In fact, at her job, one of her writing jobs in New York, um, one of her, her boss, I believe, was saying like, all of you Barnard people are the same, just full of, you know, just privilege. And she was actually like, Jeanette was actually like honored that she said that because she was thinking, yes, I've gotten away with, you know, hiding, hiding this life that I had. Um, so like I said, her husband, John Taylor, actually convinced her to write Glass Castle. Yeah, because we'll get into it, but she was 
pretty ashamed of her family. She yeah. had to hide her family. Which she I'm did. Like, Girl, I would have to. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. So it was written in 2005. But like I said, she was born in the 60s. So this kind of took place 60s, 70s, early 80s. I read that this book was translated into 31 languages. And it spent seven years on the New York Times bestseller list. I didn't read it until probably like maybe three years ago. I've heard about it, but it was just, I'd never read it. Just like, oh, and then I read it and I was like, well, I haven't read this before now. So I think I've read it twice. Girl, I kind of think that I don't really like memoirs. Well, I love memoirs. (laughs) So I did find this thing. I like to find out what our author's favorite books and stuff are. Right. So I looked that up and she said that her favorite book is probably The End of the Affair by Graham Greene. But her her favorites are memoirs. She loves memoirs. I mean, this paragraph was like three inches long on the computer (laughs) of all these memoirs that she just loves. But one of them that I thought that you would be interested in is one called Couldn't Keep It to Myself, Wally Lamb and the Women of York Correctional Institution. Oh. (laughs) All right. Like probably 15 years ago. Oh, okay. Well, then I was right. That was a really good one. And and to be honest, it's weird that you brought that up because I've lost my copy of that book. Like that was probably 16 moves ago. Yeah. A flood ago. That book is long gone. I want to rebuy it because I really enjoyed it that much. Well, I thought it was cool because we've been talking about Wally Lamb. We love Wally Lamb. I do, yeah. Um, she's come undone. And what's the other one with the twins? Um, I know this much is true. I know this much is true. Wally Lamb went and taught writing to a group of women prisoners at York Correctional Institute in uh, Connecticut. And these are their stories. So it's not – Wally Lamb didn't write the book, but he did edit their stories. Right. And he encouraged them to find their voices. And it sounded like – I mean, we were just talking about lockup. So, like, obviously, this is, like, right up our alley. Yeah, this was – I got it – like I said, I read it a long time ago, and I want to reread it. So I'll probably – I need to order another copy, and we need to read it because it was – I don't remember any of the stories from it, but I remember reading it and just, like, some of the writing was just phenomenal, and the stories were just, like, some were heartbreaking, some were just full of empowerment – um, so yeah, yeah, I think that. he said that most of the women had kind of lost their I am the victim mm-hmm. voice. I, I don't know. To me, there's something there's something in healing and taking responsibility mm-hmm. for what you've done that right. goes with the healing process. So I feel like it was really good for these women to just like come out and say, this is what I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, like I might not be proud of it, but this is what I've done. I am not the victim here. This is what I've caused. Like, this is how I've grown. I find that to be very empowering because whenever they're kind of going through a hard time, they can always look back and be like, I'm publishing a book. Right. You know, like, that's amazing. There's not many people that can say I'm publishing a book. No. And I just remember a lot of the stories were, there wasn't, I don't remember how many stories were in there. Not a ton, but they were, like you said, like owning truth and yeah. So I do need to. I want to reread it. That sounds like a really cool one. So I might get that one too. Maybe I'll add it to my Amazon wish list and see if I, can, if I can win it. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. You got anything else to say about her? I don't have any more facts about her, but okay. I do say, I can say <clears throat> that I would love to sit and have a conversation with her. We, I think we say that about almost every single author. We do. I find it really interesting talking to people that do such a that have such a cool job right oh yeah so 
<sighs> Maybe we can look into doing that sometime. Oh, that'd be awesome. But I would like to to talk to her. I feel like she's been through a lot and um, her experiences. I think that Glass Castle is something that I think a lot of people need to read just because it's, I think it's, it's a powerful, it's a sad book. So to me, it really reminded me, uh, well, okay, let's get into the book and then okay. we can kind of like discuss it. Yeah. Um. So this was a memoir. So it discusses Jeanette and her family. She had two sisters, an older sister named Lori and a little sister named Maureen. She had a brother named Brian, who I think was just a little bit younger than her. Mm-hmm. Her dad's name was Rex and her mom was Rosemary. They grew up, like when I say dirt poor, so poor. So poor. They, but- grew, they didn't have enough food, enough money for food. They didn't have enough money for basic necessities. Like they, you know, the, the pyramid, like the hierarchy of basic mm-hmm. needs, that was never fully covered. But her mom wouldn't <clears throat> let them get on like free food at school. Oh, God. Okay. Um, yeah, they were poor, but by 1,000% of her parents doing so she was born in Phoenix, Arizona, but they ended up moving all over the place. And I actually listened to this book after I listened to it. I tried to go online and find out exactly where they were at some places, but I couldn't, like, it's in the book. It's not on the internet. So yeah. I couldn't go back. I know they moved um, all over the place, including Battle Mountain, Battle Mountain, Nevada, somewhere in California, and they ended up in Welch, West Virginia. But they were constantly just, like, the dad would get in a fight, and then, like, he'd come home at 2 a.m. and be like, we got to do the skedaddle. The skedaddle. And everyone knew that meant you're allowed to take yeah. one personal item, and you get, you're in the car in 15 minutes, and mm-hmm. we're leaving this place, and we're driving until this car breaks down. Right. Which is, and that's can where you, you imagine living like that? No. No, I can't. That is just the most insecure way. Like, children, adults, people mm-hmm. thrive on... A routine, stability, yeah. A routine, stability, knowing that they're they're gonna have a sandwich tomorrow, mm-hmm. knowing kind of how that like my planner and my to do list is like months out. No, I know, and like I cannot imagine being Rosemary, who was just like lived just, just <clears throat> I don't care, like whatever. I don't. I'm not gonna look to the future. Whatever happens, happens. I make and I. I think that she thought she was making like her children strong and that they need these experiences. And I think there's a lot of mental issues (laughs) kind of playing into this. So, yeah. So the book starts and she says that her earliest memory is being three years old and she was hungry and her mom wouldn't. She was, her mom would always say, do you want me to spend 30 minutes cooking food that's going to be gone in five minutes or do you want me to spend this time painting something that's going to last forever (laughs) which is ridiculous and of course the kids like i don't know they would be like no go ahead and paint your thing so she's three years old and she's cooking hot dogs on the stove she's got a chair pulled up Mm -hmm. she ends up her clothes catch on fire and she watches them burn she catches the kid catches on fire and she comes and like calmly put calmly puts her out and then goes next door and was like, Hey, can we borrow your car? And my kid just caught on fire. So she ends up going to the hospital and she stays there for six weeks. And in that part of the book, this is like the opening scene of the mm-hmm. book, basically. She's telling her brothers and sisters how fun it is there because she gets to eat three meals a day. And there's a TV where she's got, like, you know, a few channels she can watch anytime she wants to. People come in. The adults, the nurses and doctors come in and hang out with her and play with her. And they change her sheets when they're even when they're not dirty. They change her sheets. Yes. They, 
Okay. So I'm like, why do you think this is weird? You know, like already <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they, yeah, you get to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. That's how life works. Well, we come to find out that is not how her life works. So it's hard to summarize this book because it's just like, it goes in a, in a very linear order, but it's just a bunch of different experiences. So I just wrote down some of my favorite or some of the most memorable experiences in here so if you have okay. anything to add then let me know um so that opening hot dog scene opening hot dog scene was just was just <laughs> really crazy. set the set the, the scene right it did then they didn't have any money so she had been there for six weeks mm-hmm. and the dad sneaks in and like unhooks her from machines or whatever he's got to do. I don't know if she's even on machines, but just kind of like picks her up and like runs down the back stairs. And he was like, we're busting out of here. Rex wall style. Like, right. so he didn't have to pay for anything, which I'm like, it will find you. Believe me. I think there was whenever she, she won the helicopter ride. Right. So she won a helicopter ride and she's like, Oh, I've never been on a helicopter. And the mom's like, yeah, well it was fun. We already took, we already did it. <laughs> it's not funny, but it was just like, what is wrong? like I laughed because and there was like different parts of the book that were like that that are when I say it was almost comedic it was there <laughs> it was like you were yeah, such that, a shitty mom yeah the mom comes and gets her all excited because she won yeah she won this helicopter ride they're like well we already did it without you you were in the hospital we couldn't, we couldn't they're like yeah we did it. it it was fun and it was like <laughs> what <laughs> you were so fucked up it sounds like something mama would do to you <laughs> She's, well, she didn't, and you know what? <coughs> Sorry, it's a COVID cough. I was, said I wasn't going to bring this up. I think maybe a lot of the time, I think I kind of like this book or books like this because it makes me feel like people, there were other people out there who had like a shitty or sh- shittier childhood than I did. Mm-hmm. So I, it does make me feel like you have someone. Yeah, it was just like I can relate. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, we didn't live We like were poor, this. but we were not that poor. We were poor, and there was a period of time where we had like our um, furniture was like crates, and we didn't have like legit furniture. I don't um, really remember that. It was like back when I was probably about four or so, and we, we were poor for a long period of time. But, but I don't know if we were like poor, poor. I don't remember not having food not having food i know that daddy told me at one point they were so so poor they would go to like the fruit stand Mm -hmm. and the point of his story was whenever we were super poor we ate so good because we had to buy a bunch of vegetables and like he they Mm -hmm. basically had like a really healthy diet because there's no money for like anything extra yeah so he was like we were honestly probably the healthiest when we were poor right yeah because there was no there was no but this is also back then when eating like that was what you did if you were if you didn't have money. Whereas now you go get like a twenty piece from McDonald's for two dollars. <laughs> you know now it costs money to go to Whole Foods and eat like organically and stuff. Where like back then, you if you didn't have money, you ate Crowder peas and like greens from the side of the road and like that's Which what is you like, ate. I love that kind of stuff. Oh, oh look, some greens, some field peas, and cornbread. Mm-hmm give me yeah and like some tea some sun tea remember we have sun tea from the yard oh my mother-in-law made Mm. made new year's dinner Mm -hmm. and my husband went and got us a couple plates oh my god we had like some good cooked down cabbage with probably more bacon with some ham hock Mm -hmm. and then we had like those creamy black eyed peas (gasps) so hungry and she made some some pork and gravy and it has to be it has to be black eyed peas like in the ziploc bag that you get that somebody's grown 
Those I are my kind of. Oh, yeah. What, some cornbread? Mm-hmm. Love it. Our parents weren't Rex and Rosemary. Um, no. No. But there were times where she didn't take a helicopter ride, but I didn't know my dad when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, he gave oh, me. Oh, I don't know if we've ever mentioned that. We are actually half sisters. We are. We have the same mom, but Misty calls my dad daddy. And right. her biological dad is she calls him by name. So I, I don't even know if he is even my biological dad, to be honest with you. So, and, and we don't ever say, oh, this is my half sister. Like, no, no. Like, we're sisters. Your dad was my dad. That's why I was never had an interest of, like, finding, pursuing a real father because I always felt like I was going behind his back. Yeah, like you're cheating on him? Yeah. I'm cheating even though, on you with yeah. another guy. But yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, that's my daddy. Like, I, I, there's no other dad other than him. Well, now um, we're orphans, so. Right, we don't have anybody. But my biological dad would send me $100 for my birthday and $100 for Christmas, and which I happened always... to be in the same month. So it was, I would wait a whole year mm-hmm. to hear from him in December when he would give me $200. I was always so jealous of you because you got $200 extra dollars. <laughs> both of our birthdays are in December. Yeah. So you got $200 extra dollars, and I thought you were so lucky. Whenever, so lucky. Whenever I was little. And I thought he mailed you money and he and never came over because he lived really far away. And really, he lived like 10 minutes down the street. He lived right down the street, never came to say hello. But whenever I graduated high school, he gave me $1,000 in Mama cash. stole it. Took it. <laughs> never saw it. Which, looking back, was probably the shittiest thing she's ever. And that was probably one of the most hurtful things she's ever done. Because she knew that I had never had a relationship with this guy. And the fact that he showed up to my high school graduation and then handed me a thousand dollars when you're 17 years old is like what and then she never gave it to me and I asked her about it and she was like well how do you think we bought groceries and I paid for electricity and all of this and it was really fucked up so she does have some um rosemary in her right so we didn't take a helicopter ride but hey you took a helicopter ride I did not I did not throw it the whole time well, you know what? I bet Jeanette would have thrown up, too. So she, I probably, hope she did. No, not, not Jeanette. I, oh. hope her, I hope Rosemary just barfed all over everybody. <laughs> okay, let me see. Um, there's The mom actually said she refused to respond to the kids whenever they cried, like as babies, whenever mm-hmm. they would cry, because she didn't want to reinforce negative behavior. Like, I'm sorry. Babies don't have voices. That is how they communicate with you. Yeah, that's what they do. Oh, okay. So then one night they're doing the skedaddle, whatever. Jeanette <laughs> actually, they go over a, they always had really shitty cars, as y'all can imagine. Yeah. Sometimes they didn't have cars, but whenever they had cars, they were really shitty cars. So they went over a railroad track and the bump of the railroad track opened their door and they took a turn over, over it, mm-hmm. like after the railroad track bump. Yeah. And she ends up falling out of the car. Right. So it's not funny, but it's just, it's like. At this point, I was like, are you, are you serious? This didn't happen. There's no way. There's just no way. Like, how do you just fall out of a car like that? Yeah. Of course, you know, now we wear seatbelts and stuff. And I'm surprised they even realized she was gone. But they didn't. Right. She, like watched, a lot she watched the car drive away. And they for, sat, and sat there. She sat there for, she, they were gone so long. She actually got up and started walking towards town and then decided, decided that was a bad idea in case they did come back for her. So they eventually came back for her, which must have felt like days later, but it was probably like, I don't know, 10 minutes, something, you know, but, yeah, but I mean, long enough watching to your car fly, go fly away. This is not Hogwarts. <laughs> 
but this is not Star Wars. Right. Watching the car drive away and the dad comes back and they're like, hey, you took a bump there, huh? And as he's picking pebbles out of her forehead, because you know there's always rocks and stuff around Mm -hmm. Rory Jack's, like she literally has pebbles stuck in her forehead. This sounds like an emergency room trip to me. And they're just like, well, get back in. This sounds like something that that should have never happened. Right? I mean, it just, that's what I'd say when I would say that it was like kind of funny because you just don't you have no other emotion other than either like laughing or just cringy because it's just so bad right <clears throat> uh, but the thing she says like you know she so they ended up moving to so battle mountain and they're in virginia and side note because and i'm sure if you're a woman and you're listening to this you are also obsessed with like google maps and finding like where people live right no oh okay well, oh, but you know what is cool is whenever, like, if you're watching TikToks and they'll show you, like, creepy things on Google Maps. Mm-hmm. And it's like a murder scene just yes. happens to be caught on Google. Yeah, I don't I mean, ever find them myself, though. I'll just find them, like, the TikToks. Well, so, like, okay, if you're, if you know me and you've ever sent me your Christmas card or tell me where you live, chances are I found you on Zillow. And that's just the way it is. That's, that's how I am. <laughs> Apparently other people are this way. Who? Who is this way? I've never heard of this. You're not like this? No. You don't. I mean, like, if I need to go to your house, I'll put your address in my my thing. But it's like, I don't even see what the house looks like before I show up. Oh, I know. The only time I've seen what the house looks like before I show up is every year we do an Easter egg fundraiser. Oh, okay. Yeah. For Cystic Fibrosis. And I will, while I'm making our routes up. Oh, I'll do that too. I look at what the houses look like. But I also like go one step further and find out like how much you bought it for, what the square footage (laughs) is, how you decorate it. Okay. I do love to look at Zillow, but I just not it's not people that i know it's just like i like to see what people's houses look like how they've decorated oh yeah like what things cost now which by the way i can't afford shit now is what i've decided because <laughs> you need like 7.4 million dollars to afford a house that i want so if you're listening okay if you're you, i can't be the only one like this please let me know if you're not if you're like this too because i've talked to people and they're like oh yeah absolutely like so okay so anyway the point of my story is that i did find her house <laughs> <laughs> Her 205-acre farm in Virginia? That was, like, built into the mountain or something. Like, half of it's, like, falling apart, dilapidated. Wait, wait. One of the old ones or the house she lives in now? No. The house she lived in when she was growing up when she wrote the story. Oh, okay. The house she lives in now. I have no... I I don't want to know where she lives now. I want to see where all this trauma took place. Oh, okay. So, I did... So, which one? The Virginia one? The Virginia. Yeah. The one she lived in, like, Appalachia. Okay. And, yeah, they were... I guess they, like, tore it down. Well, yeah. Apparently, it was... But yeah, I did, find, I did find it, and I found some pictures of it. Oh, we're gonna okay. Send them to so me. I'm gonna, gonna send them to it, and I'll put them on Instagram. Um, so this was in Battle Mountain, and so she had met this guy Billy, who like trigger warning ended up like oh my god trying some stuff with her and and all of that. But he took her to his house to look at her dad, look at his dad when he was passed out. I guess he peed on himself. And so she said, when my daddy passes out, he never pisses himself. And I thought that oh, was that just, was like her comeback. Yeah, that was just, it was just like, God, okay. Right. It's like, well, my dad, like, it would be when like, he passes well, out, he didn't piss himself. my dad drives a Lexus. Right. Oh, well, my, my dad, dad drives an Aston Martin. Well, well my, my dad, dad doesn't piss himself when, when he passes out drunk, though. Right. <laughs> That's like the one-upmanship mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So... so 
it was around Christmas time when I was reading this, and she does mention Christmas time a lot. Most of the time, they didn't do Christmas, like, on Christmas. They did Christmas, like, a week later, whenever everything was on sale, mm-hmm. which is pretty smart. I mean, I thought that was pretty smart. I like, can't on her fault parents, her for that. I mean, part. yeah. Right. So, one year for Christmas, the dad, like, took took each kid outside individually, and they would lay down on the blanket and look up at the sky, and he let them pick out a star. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, years from now, when everybody's Christmas stuff is broken, like, you're always going to have this star. They actually sell stars now. Like I know. And he was actually a very smart man. He was. And had he had some been able to control his drinking. Like, some motivation to, I don't know, take care of his family. Right. Then he could have, that could, he could have been the one that come up, that came, he did come up with it. Right. But he was like, you know, like Christopher Columbus, like, I'm going to claim it. Yeah. This is So mine. he was like, I'm going to, you know, you each get stars. Mm-hmm. And he was like, which star do you want? And I think she actually picked out like uh, Saturn or she actually ended up picking out like a planet instead because mm-hmm. it was really, really bright. Then at the end of the book, she, I mean, she mentions it like that's her star, you know, mm-hmm. so like she mentions it throughout the book after her dad's like long gone. So it actually was a really good gift. I mean, he, but he did stuff like that. That was just he like did. he was very sweet. He had his moments. It was just he couldn't control the alcohol. He right. had a, an alcohol addiction. But and he then, had no business being a father. Neither of neither, neither of, of those them. people had <laughs> neither. Business. They didn't. And it but it's time but it was like things like that. It was like I thought they were actually very patient and loving mm-hmm. with their kids when they were present. I thought they were great parents whenever they were there. They yeah. were just very selfish and mm-hmm. not willing to give up their vices well they just had like these issues like okay going back they okay so three-year-old Jeanette burns herself making hot dogs right because her mom doesn't want to be bothered making her three-year-old lunch and trusts her three-year-old to do it I don't let my seven-year-old I I finally got my my seven-year-old to help me um, chop up vegetables because she's been begging me Mm -hmm. and she did a good job chopping up some potatoes. And then I'm like, okay, be careful. So she looks up to be like, okay, and immediately slices her finger. Mm. She's almost eight. I mean, Jax is 13 and like, he'll make us tacos. I'll call him on the way home from cheer. And I'm like, okay, you can go ahead and start cooking mm-hmm. when I'm about 10 minutes away. Cause you're raising somebody's husband. So that good job there. Right. So they, he, he's got the tacos, tacos down. <laughs> so Jeanette's making hot dog and everything. And, you know, she ends up going to the hospital and needing a skin graft and there for six weeks. But her mom has the audacity to get mad because they let her chew gum. Yeah, she fusses at the nurses and doctors and tries to keep them away from her because she's chewing gum. Because she's not going to raise her kids like that. That's rude. And then breaks her out of the hospital. And then she goes right back and cooks more hot dogs. And her dad was like, good for you. We're getting back in the saddle and not being scared. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> These people are insane. <laughs> so the mom, I'm not really sure. I couldn't pin her down the whole time because the mom did go to college. Her mother made her go to college because apparently Rosemary had always wanted to be an artist. But her mom knew that there's not, you know, it's called starving artists for a reason. Right. So she made her go to college to get like a teaching degree so she would have something to fall back on. So the mom is not an idiot. She no. graduated from a college, but then at the same hand, she gets in this huge fight with the dad because she insists that she carries her children for 14 months. <laughs> like she <laughs> insists they get in a big fight about it. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? I, come on. Like, I'm thinking you're not an elephant. And I think Rex even says, Rosemary, you're not an elephant. <laughs> right. Like, wh- what? <laughs> like, you went to college. You should know how, th- like, 
What? I think there was... So, you know, throughout the book, Rex is struggling with alcoholism and probably a little bit of some mental health issues that are being neglected. Rosemary, she obviously has some some stuff going on there, too, that's that's not being addressed. Um, they, Maureen, the youngest, so she, I believe, has some mental health issues, too. I don't know. I'm not going to say whether those things are, by, are like, genetically passed down or any. I'm, I'm not going to go there. But they end up going to New York, right? At the end. At the end. Yeah, the, the siblings. Okay. I have to say. So they go to New York and they end up being, like, they're like hoarders. And they end up being, you know, they're. Wait, the parents are hoarders? The parents are hoarders. Following? Yes. And they end up homeless. Okay. So you know when you're reading a book and you real, and you <laughs> you have what the, the person looks like in your head? Yeah. Okay. I don't even know if I even want to say this. In my head, mm-hmm. Rosemary is the pigeon woman from Home Alone 2. I Okay, so this is a movie. They yeah. made this book into a movie. Mm-hmm. She kind of does look like her. In my head, that's with pigeons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she probably would. She Because you know why you think that? Because she's so big on not killing, like, insects and mm-hmm. bugs. That was a big thing about everywhere they live, the different types of bugs and, ver- like, vermin yes. that live in the house. So, like, in the desert, there was always Scorpions. lizards and flies yeah. and things in the house. Mm-hmm. And the mom wouldn't let them kill bugs. I think she even went to a friend's house and they had, like, a fly strip up. Mm-hmm. And Jeanette comes home and she's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. They don't even have any flies in their house and blah, blah, blah. Like, they've just got this little piece of paper and it kills all the flies. And the mom was, like, so upset because she would not have killing the flies or the lizards but they have like roaches and then they go somewhere else and like roaches are the prevalent thing mm-hmm. and she said there were so many roaches you couldn't take a step that God. is like i would sleep outside there's absolutely no way i, I would be sleeping in that house because I outside i don't see that many roaches but Mm-mm. i've made the mistake of watching some of those shows where they kill bugs and you go in there's like exterminator fit yes roach fit roach, roach shit fit. everywhere yes i was gonna say feces feces and shit well, okay. It's fit. Yeah. I wrote down that her parents to me, I know you don't watch Big Bang Theory, Mm-mm. but you know the premise is like it's really smart guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Wallowitz is an engineer, and I wrote that her parents would be like if Wallowitz was a just dysfunctional drunk mm-hmm. married to Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Poor Amelia Vidalia. <laughs> That's what the mom reminded me of because the mom wasn't an alcoholic. She didn't have any drug problems. But I couldn't figure out if she was just slowish or if she. She clearly had some, some kind oh, of mental she problems. Did, but she did. This wasn't like a she's drunk or she's high type no, of thing. No, this no, was no. This was just her. This was just. But I couldn't figure out if she was like her IQ was just that low. But then or, she graduated from, from college. Right. But I mean. I don't think they just hand out degrees. Maybe she cheated. Would she be that smart? I don't know. Look, there's some people out there that just have no business mingling in society that have gotten college degrees before. So you're, what you're saying is maybe she's book smart, but just has like very low emotional intelligence. She's disconnected. Something. Has to be. So this whole book is just one horrible, terrible thing. <laughs> it's like Alexander. It's like Jeanette. Alexander. It's like. Jeanette and the horrible, terrible, no good, very bad parents <laughs> slash life. This whole book. They eventually end up in Welch, where her dad is from. And the grandmother ends up having an incident where 
the girls walk in and she is groping her grandson, Brian, the little boy. Yes. And then they start to think, I wonder if this is what happened to dad. And this is why, this is kind of why he's drunk because his he's, mom yeah. molested him. Mm-hmm. Like there's no telling what the mom did. And it was never confirmed. It was just kind of a fleeting thought of maybe this is why. And it would why make sense. It would. Any kind of sexual abuse that might happen. I think there was, there was a couple more incidents, like sexually, mm-hmm. that kind of almost happened. Bad situations they were in. And the parents just sweep it under the rug like it's nothing. It is literally the, the most traumatic thing I can think of to happen to someone is like well, some kind of sexual reshape your life. abuse. Yes. Ugh. So they just sweep it under the rug and then... um and that's it. They move to this dilapidated house. It's so bad. There's a there's a hole in the roof over Brian's bed, his bunk bed, to where he sleeps under a tarp because he the there's no roof over his bed. So I, I just I I could not I could I not with these people because you're thinking like you're putting yourself in that kids in Jeanette's place and you also have children mm-hmm. and the neglect and abuse and like the conditions that they were living in were, were unlivable. I don't know how all these kids survived. I, I honestly do not. There's one point where Jeanette even asked her mom to leave her dad so that they can get welfare assistance mm-hmm. because if she's a single mom with four kids, she's going to qualify for some kind of welfare assistance. They're just desperate, right? I mean, they're eating cat food. Mm-hmm. If that, they're digging out of the trash can. Like they're, like something's got to happen. They're starving. They're starving. It's freezing. Mm-hmm. Like their their needs are like I don't. I honestly just don't know how they all survived. I don't. Just don't. But the mom just refuses to. And then she's like, okay, well, if you're not gonna leave dad so that we can get on welfare then you're going to have to get a job. And the mom like throws a big fit. Like she's a child. Mm-hmm. And she does this quite often in the book, like throwing fits about, I'm a grown ass woman. I shouldn't have to get out of bed if I don't want to. And it's like very self centered, very childish. Yes. Like my children don't do that, mm-hmm. you know? So like there's something going on. I kind of, like, I want to know just because <laughs> like I'm nosy and I want to know what's wrong with her. But like, you know, she was never diagnosed or anything. I think the most heartbreaking thing that happens is that Lori, the sister, and Jeanette decide that they need, they have to get out. Mm-hmm. They have to get out and they decide they want to move to New York because Lori is very talented artist. And she's Jeanette, legit talented artist. She's legit talented artist. And Jeanette at this point has already worked for like the school paper and the actual newspaper. And she's decided that she wants to be a writer whenever mm-hmm. she grows up. And I super admire people that find their calling so young. Oh, me too. She's clearly done it her whole life. Right. So they want to move to New York. They get jobs. They have this piggy bank that they put money in and they save up for a year or so so that they can get Lori out of the house. She can get established. And then Jeanette can follow shortly after. They have this whole plan in place. Whole plan. So then one day the dad comes home and he's got, I don't know if the car was really related to it. He came home with this like gold Cadillac and then she goes and checks her piggy bank and somebody's stolen all the money. Yeah. And the dad's like, well, who would do that? Just asshole. Oh, it was just like, I feel bad. Sometimes I'll be like, hey, um, I don't have money for your free dress today. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've done that. And I'm like, do you have money in -hmm. your wallet for free dress? And I I feel bad doing that to my kids. And it's their fucking free dress. I know. (laughs) It's like (laughs) for you. But it's because we don't have cash. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's, I mean. So to like to steal my kids money is like, 
that makes me like sick to my stomach. Yeah. It really does. So eventually the, you know, the girls do get out and I think they, they get their brother to follow very shortly afterwards. And then they decide at some point that they need to get their little sister to follow. Cause she's a good bit younger than them. She's not as close as the other ones. So they get the little sister there. So they're all living together in New York. I guess it had a happy ending, but this book put me in a real <laughs> shitty mood. I really? can say that. I read yeah. it all around Christmas. I oh, already, well, that's okay. Well, that was probably an issue. I already don't like Christmas. Like, I just oh, okay. I don't like Christmas mm-hmm. that much. I've, I always kind of get, like, in a holiday funk. Oh, I do, too. Yeah. And then I read this book during <laughs> that. And I was also, I listened to And I had book. COVID? I was listening to this book. I was reading Song of Achilles, which that oh, one's also, okay. I knew tragic shit was going to happen. So yeah. I needed some happy in my life, but... This book was just a super depressing, made me sad, made me angry, made me upset. It Anything does, but good. It does invoke a lot of different emotions for sure. I can tell you, though, that while I was reading this, if my kids would complain about me being mean or they didn't uh. like what was for dinner, I'm like, well, in the glass castle, Jeanette Walls is talking and she, they ate cat food. They so. ate Fancy Feast. So, so and, you know what? Eat mm. your fucking steak, yeah. spoiled ass brat. Shut up. <laughs> So, and, then, and I actually did tell them little stories about mm-hmm. what had happened in there because I feel like it's important for other, as humans, to know how others live. Absolutely. Not everyone is like you. Not everyone grows up in the same situation. I feel like it's very important to hear about how other people live and what's normal for other people and why you are lucky. And, you know, like there's, it's important to hear. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, look, you can go outside and eat with the cat if you want. You can go eat with uh, Meow. Meow meow, whatever his name is. <laughs> Meow. <Me-mow>. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing about this book is that when I was listening to it, the author narrated this book. Okay. I didn't know that. Which normally I think is really cool because they can give the right tone and inflection, inflection yeah. and, and stuff. Yeah. The problem was this bitch is forever optimistic. And she's telling stories and she was like, and then my daddy just threw my mom out the window while they were fighting. (laughs) Like she's the content and the tone of voice did not match. She was, she said it in like a very cheery tone of voice. I imagine that coming clean and telling your parents dirty secrets is somewhat guilty like you would feel bad about doing that uh, because, probably so you know so may so i felt like maybe she was trying to make light of it but this book was not a light book maybe for her it was therapeutic maybe it was a way for her to oh i'm sure deal. i'm 1000 percent sure this was like going to therapy for yeah. her all i'm saying is that as a reader i felt that the tone of voice could have matched the content okay. better okay okay so i kind of hated that oh I, I really do wish that somebody else would have narrated it. What this reminded me of was the book Educated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we did a little blurb yeah. about Educated, and she did not narrate that book, her own book. But I was so proud of her. She lived a lot the same way that mm-hmm. she did. You know, they there had very similar experiences, kind of like growing up survivalist, never knowing what's going to happen. Parents who just don't have a clue. Crazy ass parents that did didn't have any business being parents and she got out and was able to go to college and like make something of herself and I left that book did the same for me put me in kind of a bad funky mood Mm -hmm. but at the end I was so proud of the of the individual authors yeah 
for overcoming that because it's so easy to fall prey, like fall back into the cycle. Like, oh, yeah. It's easier to fall back into the cycle than it is to like pick yourself up out of the mud. Yeah. It's and make so fun. it's so much easier to be a victim than it is to work through it and to get not past it, but to walk away from it, move forward. And I felt like not only did these both of these women, not only did they like get out of it, they made themselves something more than just like what, you know, everyone I know does, mm-hmm. you know, like they not only did they want to be better than their parents, but they sought to be better the, than most people that. Right. Yeah, no. well, I hate to say that. Like, no, I hate to say, no, like I'm not trying not, to sound ugly. It's just I guess they appreciate things a little bit more than those of us who kind of grew up a little bit different where we were mostly taken care of. You right, know, like right. We, we had everything that we needed and mm-hmm. most of what we wanted. Correct. So I guess when you grow up, you appreciate free education more. You know, like right. they really – they weren't – neither of them were really allowed to go to school whenever they were younger. And – There was no value in school. No. So they appreciated whenever they could go to school. And like little things that we would find, like, oh, God, I got to go to school. I got to go to work. They were – they felt themselves lucky to be able to go to school. And we're trying to find ways to to do that. They were they were lucky maybe the, to be able to see, earn money. And maybe that was my issue. Like we had a discussion the other day about why some kids just don't want to do good in school and are just not motivated. And you and I were complete opposites. Like you were ungifted and you like were completely motivated and self-motivated to to do things like that. Whereas me, I was just completely not into school. And maybe what it was is because so much emphasis was put on school for me that maybe my maybe her parents should have just forbid me from going and maybe I would have taken it seriously. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to. And see, now that I'm like actually back in school trying to finish all of that stuff up, now I'm obviously wish that I had done this 25 years ago. But Different place. You didn't appreciate it 25 oh, years yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. But now it's... It is what it is. Look, everybody's different. And, and I don't think there's ever such thing as too late to do anything at no, all. Absolutely no. not. So, but maybe that's like to a, to your kid's detriment if you just push, 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 and then they're going to like reel back and like, right. I don't want to. Right. Whereas I'm not saying, look, but I'm not going to say I'm going to leave here and tell the kids, you don't ever have to go to school again. You cannot go to school. Mm-hmm. But I think that the more you push, the more they pull. Yeah, I've read, I don't know, I've probably read two parenting books my whole life. And one of the parenting books said that they don't tell their kids they have to make certain grades. Mm -hmm. They just have to do their best. That's exactly what I do. So that's what I've done since my Mm -hmm. kids were little. And they make straight A's. Yeah. And they're young. I mean, this is in fifth grade. Yeah. Kaylee's in second grade. So they're, you're, I mean, they're at Both of our kids. Yeah. And our kids are young. And like my kids, I tell them all the time, but did you try? Right. If, I don't, you don't have to bring home honor roll. Do they bring home honor roll? Yes. And that is on their own accord. That is right. nothing that I, sh- I put value in grades. Absolutely. Knowing now, like I just said, knowing what I know now. Right. But it's not everything. If they get a B, like whatever. Oh God, no. If they get a C, you know what? Even you if know you what? get a Did D, you try? If you get a, if you study for a test. If you put forth effort. And you come home and you made a D on it and you know that you studied all that you should have. Mm-hmm. Then you did I, great. Proud and I've you. told the kids, and I've told them this a hundred times, I put more value in a C that you worked your ass off for than an A that came easily. So I think it was a really good book. 
I think do that you? Is, I think that it was important <laughs> to to learn about other people's lives because nobody grows up the same. Certainly, I would hope that not, not many people grow up like this. I'm, I'm sure, sure it more, happens a lot more than what you I'm know. sure more than I think grow up like this. So it's good to know about it. I just find it really depressing. Yeah, and you know, absolutely. I like books that have happy endings. Mm-hmm. And like, she kind of had a happy ending. But I mean, the whole book was just, I was so mad and angry that these kids just weren't taken care of. I just don't, I don't understand how you, you have kids slap them and you in don't, the face. yeah, and you don't take care of them. Right. I don't understand not taking care of your kids. Uh, oh, God, no. So that's I pretty don't. much what it is. Did you watch the movie? I did not watch the movie and you did. I watched the movie. I was laying on the couch with COVID and I told my husband, we're going to watch this movie. And oh, I was God. already mad about it. <laughs> um, we turned it on and my daughter came and sat down and watched it with us. Was it it okay? was it was okay it was it was fine. Was it okay for kids? There was one part where um, her dad basically basically sends her upstairs to be raped in a bar. Oh, okay. You remember that part mm-hmm. where they're they're hustling the guy and yeah. she's, he's like in between playing pool games, he would be like, Why don't you go dance with my daughter? And at the end, or you know, after he wins this dude's money, uh, he's like, Hey, can I take your daughter to my room upstairs? And the daughter's like shaking her head, No, like, don't let me go. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Sure, that's fine. <sighs> so he goes upstairs, uh. and of course, the, the dude tries stuff with her. Somehow she gets out of that. So that part happened. There was no nudity. I covered her eyes because I knew what was about to happen, right, but I didn't right. know how far it was going to go. I think the movie was PG 13. She sat there and watched the whole thing, and she was horrified. <laughs> Poor Kay. <laughs> so we got to watch the movie, and I said, all right, Kaylee, um, uh, what do you want me to tell the podcast after, like, I'm going to tell them that you watched it. What do you want me to tell them about it? Like, what's your review of the movie? And she goes, she sat there and she thought for a second. She goes, it was disturbing. Oh. So I thought that was a pretty good review okay. for a seven-year-old. Well, I haven't <laughs> watched the movie, but that was probably exactly what I would say it would be. Yeah. Honestly, the movie really wasn't Was it called bad. The Glass Castle? It was called The Glass okay. Castle. It had, like, Woody Harrelson in it. Really? Was he the dad? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the movie was done in 2017. Uh, Jeanette Walls, the older one, was play- played by Brie Larson. And Woody Harrelson was the dad. And Naomi Watts was the mom. See, I think I vaguely remember this. So the movie was really out of order. They left out a lot of stuff or made stuff different. Like in the book, the first fiance's name it was Eric in the book. Uh-huh. But in the movie, they called him David. And I'm like, but you can't change that. That's her. Like, how does that? Okay, I understand maybe going out of order, like not showing all their houses. That would increase the budget of the movie. Right. You would have to have a lot more child actors mm-hmm. to go throughout her life. Because it really did go from about birth to like, you know, 17 or 18. So I understand that. But like, I don't understand why movies do dumb stuff like that. Like changing <laughs> stuff like why did you change his name? It seems like it, the work's done for you. But Jeanette okayed this. So maybe my husband was like, well, maybe the fiance wasn't comfortable with his name being in the in the movie. And I'm like, it was the fucking book. It, like, it was in the book. Like, it what's was, the difference? I found it, like, just now. I don't know. So I thought that was really strange. The mom is portrayed almost motherly in the movie. Oh. And she, it doesn't mention any of her fits or her laying in bed or her sneaking chocolate while the kids haven't eaten in four days. But those things are poignant. And those things happened. So it's, it almost painted it. It's like if the, 
book was kind of watered down and not Mm -hmm. as bad. That's how the movie was. And I appreciated it while I'm watching it, but I didn't appreciate that it wasn't super true to the book. But the whole point of the book, uh, I mean, the point of the book is to let you know, hey, this my life was screwed up, not to make my mom look better in the movie. Right. So it, it left out a lot of the bad stuff. It didn't mention that whenever there was a hole in the roof, there was mushrooms growing in the corner. They didn't have any indoor plumbing. So there was a bucket in the kitchen that they shit in like it doesn't mention any of that I, I mean I understand it's a movie like you, I guess you anyway it just left out a bunch of the bad stuff and mm-hmm. I thought that it was kind of like a a nicer version of her life so there's that it's still plenty depressing like what the fuck mm-hmm. type thing yeah but it it wasn't super true to the book kind of glazes over a lot which is most which is most movies versus books it is know. honestly I, I went into this thinking they were gonna it was going to be so bad because usually I feel like movies and the media takes the extreme good and the extreme bad and that's what they show. Right. And they kind of, they didn't do that. They kind of went middle of the road. So I expect it to be really bad, but it wasn't. Hmm. So like when Kaylee came and sat down with us, I was like, oh shit, like this is going to be real bad. It's about to ruin her world. Right. But it, she was just like, oh, that was disturbing. Okay. Well, I've got some fidgets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else to add about this book? I'm glad that you read it because, like I said, I don't. I know any other time you wouldn't have read it. I'm glad that I read it too. I just depressing things are not my thing. Yeah, it kind of you know I've, I've said I think I say this every episode. If I read depressing stuff, watch depressing movie, I it feel like it really affects my mood. Oh, absolutely! Like it stays with you. For yeah, sure. especially knowing that it's a true story. Yeah, makes it even worse because it's not just like oh this happened to a fictional character. Like this happened to Jeanette. This happened to Lori. Right. This when she has them. memories, these are her memories. How does she remember that much? If I was to write a, a, oh a story It'd about like my two childhood. Pa- two pages. I'd be like, my sister said this happened. And like, how do you know what people look like and like what they're wearing? And like, I guess you just fill in those gaps with whatever. But yeah, like, I guess you use like your skills to like fill it in. You kind of get you like, this is the gist of my story. Let me put it down. Maybe, but. But I don't even have any stories. I'd be like, I opened uh, opened a Barbie horse for Christmas and I stepped on it that night and the leg broke off and I was devastated. Is that what happened? Did yes. Happen? Remember whenever I got that? I, lo- I was obsessed, y'all. Obsessed with horses. I love oh, horses gosh. so much. That's why I have great names. She, y'all, this girl and those horses. When we horse went, girl. When we went to New Mexico on vacation, I came home. I was like obsessed. I wanted to be an Indian. You had those cowboy Indians. We called them Indians, but they're, you know, Native yeah. Americans now. I wanted to be Native Americans so bad because they're so in touch with nature and horses. <laughs> I bought those moccasins. I wore those moccasins until the soles wore out Yeah, to school. Liz was obsessed. obsessed with just. I got a book like Christopher Columbus and the Horses, mm-hmm. and it came with a stuffed horse. Oh, yeah. I still have it. What's his name? The horse doesn't have a name. It, oh. No, but here's Bandit. Oh, what was my that? My other stuffed animal from my childhood is <laughs> on my chair. <laughs> what did I call him? Badger? I don't know. It's a raccoon. And my sister says, oh, is that Badger? <laughs> it's Bandit. It's Bandit. <laughs> bandit. God. <sighs> I don't have any stuffed animals because my mom threw them all away. Mm, I might have them. You might. I did not want to. I don't feel comfortable giving memoirs stars because I don't. I can't I just feel like who am I to tell you what your truth is? Right. You know, I think she's an incredible writer. I think she's I think her writing was incredible writer, terrible narrator. <laughs> she has like a phoenix risen from the ashes, risen of. from the ashes. Like 
all great things to say about her except for her narration. That's it. <laughs> so do, would you recommend this book to other people? I guess is like. When I was reading about Jeanette, she said that if her friends come over with a problem, she gives them a memoir. Because she loves memoirs, so she's read a million. Mm-hmm. So she's like, this is relatable. Why don't you read this memoir and see how this goes? So, like, that's her way of, of like, helping her friends. So I would probably recommend it if if the circumstances were right where I felt like this book applied to them, you know? Right. Well, I mean, it really depends on the person, too. It really does. I feel like if you had – if you're an adult now and you have – you're reliving that childhood trauma you haven't worked through it Mm -hmm. then i feel like this would be a really good book to recommend to someone but just like you know yeah you have a book that that just had a baby no i'm not going to (gasps) recommend this to her because she's just going to cry no absolutely no no if someone's looking for like a good read this is not mm, what i would think of like you said if someone was going through something or i knew that they that their paths were similar to ours Mm -hmm. and then like hey have you read glass castle but yeah. yeah, like I wouldn't give it as like a gift for a birthday. Yeah, it's kind of like um, on Earth we're briefly gorgeous. Love the yeah. book. Probably wouldn't recommend it to everyone. Right. Thought it was amazing. Same way. Yeah, the audience. I would have to pick and choose who I would pick to. Not everyone would appreciate it. I, I would I'd give it. Definitely tell my sister to read it. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so our next regular episodes are going to be Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller and Recursion by Blake Crouch. And we're going to do probably a blurb episode somewhere in between there. Awesome. I'm happy to be back in the... In the studio? In the... Yeah, back in the... I was going to say back in the saddle, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. It really does help us kind of be seen and recommend it to other people. Yeah, and if you have any recommendations that you'd like for us to read and talk about... recommendations, yes. Bring them to us. Tell us. Tell I find us. a lot of stuff on Instagram, honestly. I, I, love, I love being on Instagram because I find out about so many cool You are like Instagram. I mean, you should definitely do like engagement lead work because. <laughs> I do. I'm on Instagram a lot. Oh, and I like being girl. on. I've got like my book support on Instagram and I've got my podcast support on Twitter. So I've got like my, and Facebook is kind of falling off the wayside. For Facebook me. is like. Facebook is Facebook. Facebook is Facebook. But yeah, I want to tell you publicly, I appreciate all the work that you do for the podcast on Instagram because it doesn't go unnoticed. It actually makes me feel like a total shit (laughs) co-host. 1000%. Uh, but I know my boo Liz has it. Like she's Well, I know you've got a lot going on. You're over there like. You do too. So it's not like, you know, but you are just awesome at it. So I appreciate it. Well, thanks. So. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye. bye. I'm going to find you.